everyone, and welcome to another episode of Horror Homeroom Conversations. I'm Elizabeth Irwin. I'm Gwen Hoffman. I'm Don Keatley. And on today's episode, we're wading into Alexandre Aja's Crawl. Now, we all know that Jaws made a generation afraid to go in the ocean. But does this film's ode to bloodthirsty alligators off up a similar heart-pounding experience? And why are we so afraid of what lurks within the water? We're giving some gator love on this episode, so stay tuned. Can I just say how much I love the fact that when you do these intros, that you always have some kind of pun or something in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're somebody, wading in. We yeah, do that, appreciate that. That's oh, why you're so good at it. <laughs> because it's usually we, an annoying habit of mine. No, so that makes good. me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a quick rundown of the plot. The film centers on an estranged father and daughter who get trapped in the family home by a Category 5 hurricane. Things go from bad to worse when they discover that the waters overtaking their home are infested with... You guessed it, killer alligators. <laughs> so I guess we should start by saying, did you guys like the movie or not? I think we're going to be kind of spread across the board here. I think I'm kind of in the middle. Why, I, like I said, I'm not. I'm not upset that I watched it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it because I do enjoy a good creature horror. I didn't love it though because I wasn't overly scared, and I felt like there was just so many things that were underdeveloped in the film. Whether it just be building up some of the tension or some of the characters, even that sense of dread, it felt like it jumped around from time to time, and I so I didn't really get invested. Yeah, the characters were a little one note. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like dad, the swim coach. And then <laughs> daughter, the swimmer. Um, right. She's I a mean, predator. Yeah. Apex or apex predator. predator. We'll get into that. <laughs> um, but it didn't seem like they were very fully developed characters beyond those traits. Like those were what defined the characters. And I feel like I struggled too sometimes. It just felt so short. Mm-hmm. Like, so the thing that came to mind, and it and it's not even just because we had just watched all those Piranha films, but yeah. like the whole entire film felt like that scene in Piranha 3D where they were trapped underneath the boat and the water was starting to rise. And that was kind of executed in, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And it felt like this larger 10, 15 minute suspenseful moment mm-hmm. was drawn out, but not in a very well-developed way. I can definitely see that, though I was just beside myself watching the film. I mean, I just, like, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't (laughs) look. I mean, it just felt relentless to me, to the extent that I couldn't really get outside of myself and criticize it and (laughs) criticize what was happening on the screen while I was watching it, except for the moment, and I think this is a huge flaw in the film, when the daughter and the dad and the dog get out the house, like they have, or out of the basement, they have just gotten out of the basement and then they're safe in the house. Within seconds, they've decided they must get back in the water and swim over to the boat. <laughs> and I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. I know, me. I no, agree. I mean, seriously. And that's what, I guess I'd lost some of my interest in it at that point because it wasn't believable anymore. Yeah. It's like any sane people, levies to hell, they would have at least gone up to the attic to the roof like gotten some respite yeah i mean did they really need to go to that boat and if the Mm. levees are about to break couldn't they foresee that what would happen or what happened would happen like the boat would just get swept away and i feel like even just kind of pinpointing that moment if you were going to do something so ridiculous and unbelievable then go all in with the whole movie make giant alligators you know go lay placid on this you know yeah. <laughs> add, add in a betty white yeah. do just do something over the top or develop yeah. it better 
and keep yeah. it consistent. Yeah, because this was not a campy film. No, 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 no not was, at all. This was not Lake Placid. They were no. definitely trying to play it straight. Like, this could really happen. This is realism. <laughs> this is what characters would do in this situation. And I'm just like, no. Like, they would not have just come up from this huge battle in the basement and just leapt right back in the water again. I mean, that just is not Mm-mm. realistic to me. I was just <laughs> relentlessly bored by it. I, I don't, it I don't such... know how you could be bored. I There but... were literally times during the movie where I, I would just look around. And everyone else, I have to say, in the film's defense, other people were very engaged. They jumped at the jump scares. They shrieked at the right places. But I was just so bored. And I think part of it was I was front-loaded to not care about these characters at Mm -hmm. all. And I found both the father and the daughter to be actually pretty detestable. I was only rooting for the dog. Sugar. And yes, I was like, if they kill the dog, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) So the fact that, spoiler alert, the dog survives. But I feel like people need to know that. Yeah, yeah, they (laughs) do. Because that was the only thing I was concerned about the entire film. And then it reached a point where I just wanted to see the humans slowly taken apart by the crocodiles. And I was completely all in on the crocodiles. Hmm. So it would have been disappointing for you then because they're savaged a little bit, but not much. Yeah, it wasn't very... Not enough. It wasn't very gory. Like, you didn't see a lot of close-up shots. You didn't see... It was very kind of removed. Although I did appreciate the fact that they were, uh, they started out the film and she goes to school and they're the Florida Gators, of course. Of course. So they kind of set that up nicely. There's some shout out for that. So I guess we should probably talk about the characters themselves. What did you guys think of Haley? So she's Haley. the yeah. central female character. Yeah. She's the daughter. She's, as you mentioned, she swims because of course she swims because she's going to be called upon to do that in the film. Yeah. <laughs> did you have empathy for her? Mm-mm. at all for her play? No, because again, I don't think that I really... I wasn't pulled into her story enough because it sounded like they tried to make her relatable and they tried to kind of create this backstory and some trauma and drama, okay? You know, split family or, you know, mother passed away or something to that effect. I, I don't know. Divorced. Was it divorced. Was that it? almost divorced. Yeah. yeah, so there's some kind of parental strife. And, and then she had her dad pushed her too hard on the swim team. Like, I I just couldn't relate to that. There wasn't much I could dig into with her. I mean, it's like it's 2019. Are we still pretending, like, divorce is the worst thing that could befall a child? Oh, I know. And the fact that your father's engaged is going to be the crux of your issue as well. It just... There was nothing sympathetic about her to me at all. But I think where it really lost me is in the beginning. And I think it's probably fair to say, like, as an audience member, you bring your own stuff to a movie. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, I in our family, we have uh, multiple generations of volunteer firefighters. So that means on their downtime, 3 a.m., they're running into burning buildings or, you know, they're diving into waters to rescue people. And that one scene where she's going and, you know, all the rescue people are saying, you know, the road's closed. We're trying to get everyone out safely. And it was her privileging of her own particular situation, which I understand people are going to be upset. But her saying, my situation matters more than all of these other people. And ultimately does wind up costing somebody multiple people their lives. Yeah. I just thought, oh, I wasn't given enough to understand why I should care about her putting all of these people at risk. Yeah. The father I felt a little bit more empathy for because I think he just probably was ignoring things and wound up getting down there and getting bit and getting trapped. But for her, it was such a conscious decision. 
Why the heck was he going under the house anyway? He said he was putting up panes. Uh, he was trying to put wood up on the storm drains or something. So at least he was preparing for the hurricane and may very well have been planning to leave after that. So yeah, I had more sympathy for him in that regard. But she's just like blindly driving into the storm. Yeah, and that does put people at risk and it did lead to at least two deaths. Right. Um, and plus, she picked up the dog. He was all safe and warm and yeah. dry. And then she brought him into this mess. Yeah. I was not here for <laughs> Haley at all. Yeah. <laughs> so when she's, true. she's again, spoiler safe. alert, she ends the film with all of her limbs intact. I was very upset by that. Yeah. I felt like she should have cost her a leg or an arm. <laughs> or something. Or something. Yeah. Her dad was a bit of a tragic figure. I mean, you kind of felt a little for him. But again, I don't, I never really bonded to him that I can think of. I think part of the point of the film, and I think we may have been expected to root for this just for this reason, is it's we're still getting the flipping of the gender roles mm. in films like this, like action, adventure, disaster, horror movies. I still think it's a thing when a woman is the one doing the saving, mm -hmm. which she yeah. she really does, you know, because it's not The Rock doing the saving, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like this very slender woman, and we see that, yeah, she has strength, she has talent, she has intelligence. So I thought a lot was riding on assuming audiences would empathize with her on those grounds. Mm. And she's saving her father, moreover, you know, rather than him saving her. Do you think that there's something about, like, disaster horror specifically in the fact that we live in a 24-hour news cycle that resonates more than maybe it would have 10, 15 years ago? Well, I think disaster horror has always been kind of important. But why in the last 10 Well, I'm years? just thinking with the 24-hour news cycle, we see now it's not just hearing about earthquakes that have hit X country or mass flooding that's taken people's homes. We actually see the images, and it's yeah. almost on a nightly basis, depending on different parts of the world. Yeah. And I wonder if that desensitizes us to disaster yeah. horror or if it makes us more inclined to, to feel that dread because we know that it actually does happen. And happens often and right. could happen near us. Yeah, it's, that's hard for me to answer because I've been just like terrified by disaster movies since the 70s. So I'm not sure that I really feel more or less compelled by them at this point. Yeah, I do think that brings up a good point because if you do see it all the time, you start to get just, it becomes more mundane, I guess. I mean, I'm not saying it's not horrific what happens in some of these areas, but it's almost like, you know, people's attention span is, of course, shorter because of the constant news barrage. Right. So it's kind of like, wow, this is really terrible. I'm going to, you know, go fund me somebody a couple bucks and, oh, wait, is that a... Is that a pigeon outside? Is it a baby pigeon? Has anybody ever seen a baby pigeon? And I think it's just short attention span. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Some of us more than others. <laughs> distracted <laughs> by baby pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> um. But then why are we afraid of the water, specifically? Yeah. Because, because so we're not the apex. We're not the apex. Especially not in the water. We're not the apex. But see, and I feel like this is going to be a discussion that we have to get into a little bit later. Because I think... You know, Dawn, you and I had started to talk about it, you know, the last time we were all together, just kind of when we were thinking about what we were going to do. But shark versus alligator horror, because I really feel that the shark horror films just there's way more of them. Mm -hmm. And I do think that they're a lot more terrifying because you do. I feel like more times than not, you end up in open water and yeah. you really are not the apex anymore. 
you've got something that's been around since dinosaur times and has been a perfected being kind of stalking you. And alligators, I feel like a lot of times somebody's onshore, on land, near land. They, you don't get that sense of the stalking. So I don't know. We'll have to kind of unpack some of that. Though alligators, as far as I know, are amphibious, right? Like they can go on land. Oh, yeah. And they're pretty fast on land. <laughs> yeah. So I, that was another flaw I thought in the film. Like it felt like the minute they got out of the water, they were like, phew, now we're okay. But I'm like, yeah. Wait, can't the alligator just, like, lunge out of the water and come after you? Absolutely. I mean, they can't climb stairs that I know, they, which is oh, why I would have... They can climb fences. <laughs> they cannot. They sure can. At some point, you guys are going to have to YouTube this. These, they can climb. Oh, my God. They can that's climb. scary. I don't want to know that. Yeah, they, there's... A, even recently, there's been a, a bunch of videos of, like, a seven-foot gator climbing right up over a chain link. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Okay. <laughs> no, isn't that a flaw in the film, though? They Definitely. really make it seem like it's only in the water. Yeah. Yeah. that the alligators are a problem. But then and the father even notes, though, that she's faster than they are. So yeah. there's a threat, but they're not a looming threat, which I know that's not factually accurate. But I don't know. But I also think, too, like how many you don't see a ton of creature features of land mammals or land animals, I should say. I mean, you've got your bears. Bears, yeah. Yeah. You know, you have your day of the animals. But I mean, it's not an overly featured, you know, you have your, the zoo show. OK, but still, it's not. Mm. I don't know. I don't feel like it's because I think that narcissistically we still feel that we are apex. Yeah. On land. Yeah. It's interesting you say creature feature, too, because for me, I would not include shark films or crocodile films in creature feature. I think more blob and swamp thing. Right. Right. And I wonder if there's a line there. But you see him as a creature. I mean, I get why you see them as a creature feature. Well, I, I know that, that would, this film's been called a creature feature, but I guess I have some issue with that, too, because... I mean, while it's literally a creature, it's not a creature in the sense of monster. Right. It's just, they are just alligators. They're not even especially huge. No, they're not. There's nothing out of the ordinary about yeah. these at all. Like, they didn't yeah. ingest any lab rats or toxic yeah. fumes or anything to that effect <laughs> in the tunnels or the sewers. They're just there. And it, it appears that they had a clutch of eggs at some point. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it seemed that that was going on. But you don't really get a sense why it's overrun out of nowhere. But I was thinking as I was watching it, would I rather be eaten by a shark or would I rather be eaten by a crocodile? And I think for me, it was definitely a shark. And then really? it got me thinking about, <laughs> it, I, my mind went to weird places during this movie. But it's almost like sharks are like your, your human killer, right? They're beautiful aesthetically. Whereas crocodiles really have sort of that creature element of the bumpy skin and the little beady yellow eyes. And they just seem more grotesque from an aesthetic point of view. And they seem like an, it seems like the crocodiles won't stop no matter what. Whereas a shark is usually okay with a limb. That's why it would be. <laughs> but this is what I thought about during crawl. <laughs> and that's why it would be worse to be attacked by a shark. Right? Is that what you're saying? No, I think it would be worse would for crocodile. It. But you're saying, so it, you would prefer a fast death from a crocodile? I feel like it's possible to survive a shark attack. I don't feel like your odds are as good with a crocodile. And I have no scientific basis for this <laughs> hypothesis at all. It's just my gut reaction to seeing crocodile mm -hmm. versus shark films. I've, 
Yeah, see, I feel quite opposite. And now this is going to take a turn. I don't know, because I just, I feel like a crocodile, once they get you, if they got a good bite, they're going to clamp, they're not going to open yeah. that jaw, they're going to hit that death roll, you're going to go yeah. into it, you're going to drown, you're going to be dead, it's done. So, it's short, it's sweet, it's simple, it's over. A shark, you're probably way out in the ocean, it's going to take an exploratory bite, or it's just going to nail you from underneath, and you're you're stuck out there. There's And nobody can hand you a twig to try and pull you in or anything like that, you're stuck. I don't know. But I feel it's like in these horrific. stories, more people survive the sharks than they do the crocodiles. In these you stories? know way more about this than I do. I don't know versus horror films versus yeah, real I think life. People definitely sur- survive shark bites. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it's way more likely to be killed by a vending machine falling on you. Than... <laughs> I can see that. It's, I'm, it's, it's so go. true. It's so true. It's... Does that happen very often? <laughs> think about it. When you, get your, when you get your money stuck, what do you do? <laughs> you rock it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to think about that every time I go for that bag of Doritos. Oh, I still rock the machine all the time, except I just oh, yeah. do it in numbers now. I do, too. They're just, they're hard to rock. Um, <laughs> I'll have to look that up. I do know that between, since 1973, alligators have killed 23 humans. I believe it. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I should have looked up shark attacks because I feel like I feel like the numbers might be higher. They are, sharks. but you have to think about it. We're invading their space much yeah. more frequently, and that's yeah. why. But again, the bites usually aren't you know fatal. But we're going into their area. We usually don't wade out into the bayou willingly. And again, if you think about saltwater crocs too, we're not necessarily swimming on the beach in you know near West Nile saltwater crocs. And alligators are becoming, I mean, we hunted them almost to extinction. And I guess this shows, in a sense, how ridiculous the premise of the movie is, because I guess there have been 87,000 alligators hunted in Florida between 2000 and 2015. That's compared to the 23 of us they've killed since 1973. That's crazy. And that's with the U.S. trying to build up, build back up the population of alligators because they were almost extinct. And I wonder if the buildup of their, I mean, there are more and more videos on Facebook, if you're ever on there, of alligators just like roaming around the Florida suburbs and I think that's in part where movies like crawl come from it's true though I mean just seeing those images and now that I know that it can crawl over a fence chain link fence yeah that's pretty Mm -mm. terrifying I I mean it's not gonna be the ones that are the size of the ones in this film but they yeah they can crawl well (laughs) you're clutching your pearls for those of you that cannot see Liz right now well you've lived in the south so I guess you'd be more have some more sort of innate fear about this kind of thing or learned fear. I was thinking about that because I spent so much time out in nature that I almost feel like any type of natural horror should be lessened for me. Mm -hmm. But maybe because you do hear those urban legends and, you know, you have your grandparents telling you all these horrible things are going to befall you if you don't listen to them. Maybe it does make it worse. But think about it. So now here's just kind of Again, about the dread of the two things. So you can go to a national park. You can go to, like, Congree Park in South Carolina. That's, you know, your neck. You you can appreciate that. And there's parts of the park where it might just say, hey, you know what? There's a couple alligators that hang out here. And there's a sign that just says, okay, don't just don't go too close. But I don't think that there's any sense of overwhelming dread. You're like, okay, I know it could be there. It's not the end of the world. Sharks, I just feel like you never know if they're there. Yeah. And... Even if you did, I think that if so, 
if I go up to Provincetown, there's the sign saying, hey, there's sharks in the area. That freaks me the heck out. But when I'm in the national parks, I'm just like, oh, oh, alligators? Cool. Water moccasins? All right. And then all the moccasins. But not the sharks. Oh, no to the water moccasins. No, 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 no. No. Have you ever seen Lonesome Dove? No. It does not end well because of water moccasins. (laughs) Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's not going to end well. But I I think I'm still much more terrified of sharks. Sharks don't terrify me for whatever reason. I don't find them particularly threatening. I think the idea of being isolated in the middle of water, that is frightening to me, but not because there are sharks within the water. It's just that utter isolation and knowing that nobody's coming for you. That would be more frightening to me than than wondering what's beneath the water. Though they would probably start to blur at some point when you saw fins circling. (laughs) I mean, I think this film just... There's this book that I've read parts of called Why Horror Seduces by Matthias Klassen. And his argument is just that horror works on our evolutionary fears. And I guess when I was watching Crawl, I just thought this is hitting every kind of hardwired evolutionary fear. You know, you're you're underground in a small enclosed space. So there's the claustrophobia. There's water. There's not being able to see what's under the water. Um, you know, there is the the stalking predator. There's the the open bodily wounds, and yeah, it's. I think that's why I just couldn't watch a lot of it. Yeah, I think that that makes a really good point. Yeah. I mean, on that level, it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I'm sure I had ancestors who were living in shark and alligator infested territory. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one question that I wanted to ask, like I read so many articles or reviews about this that said that it was about climate change. Thoughts? <laughs> I see. Now that's where I went. Was going. Or my brain was going when you started even talking about the news because of the change in the climate. Yeah. You know, things are getting much worse. Storms are more frequent. Water levels are higher. They might be lower in certain areas. You know, so on and so forth. And I could see that definitely. But is it in the film? I mean, does the film seem to like, what were some quotes here? Um, these are from reviewers. And part of me was thinking, this is just clickbait. This is a film about a hurricane, so it has to also be about climate change. You know, one review in Thrillist said, in the end, it's the looming menace of climate change that's the most terrifying thing. Vice says, the alligators are almost upstaged by the far bigger and nastier threat, that of impending ecological collapse. And the entire setup of Crawl is built on climate change. There was an article in GQ that I thought was really interesting, and that writer argues that the alligators are a deliberate, lighthearted distraction from the real global catastrophe coming to devour us all, ourselves. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's very dramatic. (laughs) Yeah. But I still feel like, and maybe it's because of the lack of development in the film, and I don't think that that was intentional. I think I was more terrified of the wave coming. I was more terrified of the water rising. I was more terrified of the thought of even, too, like, everything being gone. The storm seemed never-ending. And that eye, yeah. boy, was that the shortest eye of the storm I ever seen in my <laughs> know, life. Right? She was like, oh, look, I think it's the eye. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then and, the tidal wave was, like, five seconds later. Yeah. I mean, yeah, eyes of storms last for a little longer than yes. that, yes. in my limited knowledge. 
But if you live in an area where that is an actual probable threat at some point, you would be so much better prepared than any of these yahoos were. So that kind of confused me as well as to why nobody seemed particularly prepared, especially in the basement. That doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) I mean, mean, look at us. We're we're hopeless. I mean, we build flimsy property on floodplains all the time. Yeah. Think the storm's not really coming oh. when it is. We don't evacuate when we should. Yeah, I mean, humans are true. morons. I, I mean, I, I do. Ev- what everyone did in this film seemed completely in tune with human nature. <laughs> <laughs> in my view, I disagree to a, a large degree with the climate change thing. I think this was a film about a hurricane. I would like to say that it's about climate change, but I just don't think um, Alexandra Aha got that in there it's in part about the difficulty of telling stories about climate change like how do you do that you would probably have a scientist somewhere trying Talking to about climate change oh, yeah. front load it for the yeah. audience at some point well like the day after tomorrow is it the day after tomorrow or the day after you know the one about the the ice that covers new york and the tidal wave right from the 90s i mean that's a good climate change film because they, they yeah they have scientists saying the storm is about climate change so it's kind of a it's it's somewhat of an artificial plot device i think it's possible even probable sometimes that those of us who enjoy horror and enjoy writing about horror overthink possibly maybe possibly look for things that we can, weren't yeah. necessarily intended and i think yeah. this yeah. might be an example i didn't get any of that I didn't either. Just like, you know, Brooke Lively's The Shallows. Though that that actually was more about climate change, you know, where she was just stuck on some float somewhere with a shark roaming around near the shore. And there was something said about how the fact that because the oceans are warming, the sharks are coming closer to land to feed. So the film brought climate change in. I really didn't see anything that brought climate change in. I mean, we know that, yeah, like you said, Gwen, the storms are getting more frequent because of the warming oceans and all of that. But in the end, it's just a Category 5 hurricane. And some of the most devastating hurricanes in the U.S. happened a long time ago, like 1935. Check you out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was really interested. Yeah, apparently the strongest tropical storm to make landfall in Florida was in 1935. And it was actually the strongest ever to hit the U.S. Oh, wow. Which doesn't disprove climate change because obviously there have always been big storms. But I think it is true there that since like 2000, there's been more of them. Can I ask what the heck was the point of those guys in the uh, convenience store across the street? The looters? Yeah. To underscore that people are the worst. <laughs> alligator bait. Yeah, they, they are alligator yeah. bait. Well, they I are. mean, they had to have miscellaneous characters whom the alligators could eat. Well, I guess it... clearly, you know, our main characters were meant to survive, so... I guess that did help me at some point, because I was, like, I was very unclear at the beginning of the film if, like, how many alligators there were. Like, for a good portion of the first half of the film, I thought there was one, yeah. maybe two. Yeah. And so maybe that did open up... Suddenly there was, like, 20. Yeah. Big around. reveal. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, did you guys not know there was this many alligators around here? I, I don't know. Wasn't there some reference to something being nearby? I felt like the dad said something about it was pretty dumb of somebody to do like have this alligator thing right next door. <laughs> or I, was it an alligator door. park? It, 
like where tourists could come to visit? Maybe it was. If it was, it was really kind of unclear. But that may have been insinuated in there. So I thought there was a shot where you saw a sign. A sign, exactly. But I could be yeah. wrong. They're just another dumb thing humans did. Yeah. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Do you think it could be read as a home invasion film? Oh, yeah. Like nature yeah. invading. Yeah. I like that more than – that makes more sense to me than a climate change film. I think I mean, so I'd too. like it to be a cl- about climate change. I just didn't think it was. But, yeah, it definitely seems like a home invasion film. I like the fact that you actually saw nature coming in and pummeling yeah. the family home specifically. Yeah. I think it would have been better, though, if none of them had survived except for the dog. I stand by that. Sugar just, like, swims <laughs> just off, swimming on, off on her own. Or he's on top end. of the crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> it goes off. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought – <laughs> and I guess this is about genre. Like, I kind of assumed this was a horror film. And so, yeah, I was fully expecting certainly the dad would be dead. Possibly even the girl. Definitely the dog, actually. Because, you know, cute, fluffy dog. Though the dog was smart, stayed out of the water. Yeah. Well, they do say every screenplay book that I've ever read always says that if you really want an audience to hate you or to hate a particular character, have them kill an animal. Yeah. And so I thought that's where the horror will come from because it kind of, I mean, there were a couple of jump scares for sure, but there wasn't for me at least like this building sense of dread. It was just, okay, they're in the water. They've got to escape the crocodiles. Oh, look, they're in the water again. They've got to escape the crocodiles again. So there was no real opportunity to, or at least for me, to get invested in the movie. And I kept thinking back, too, that I thought it was a hell of a note that the main female character at one point is on the phone talking to her sister, and they're making fun of the police officer who the sister used to date and saying, you know, what a loser he is. And then that police officer comes and tries to rescue him and loses his life. And there's no sort of acknowledgement that this person that you've just made fun of tried to help you. It was just, oh, I got to get out. Like, it was still just focused on her. I really didn't care for this. (laughs) So here's another question. Mm-hmm. What makes a good summer horror film? Because this, to me, definitely screams summer horror. Yeah. Even though it doesn't take place at a beach, it's not in an ocean, there's still something about it that feels very summer-related. Late summer. Yeah. <laughs> Hurricane season horror film. Summer horror? I guess, yeah, outside. You know, I, I do think of a lot of nature horror films. It was uh, it was fluffy. Because I, I read something about it, and not to harp on the um, climate change again. But what did somebody say? This was the Vice review, which I hated. But the person writes, there's something to be said for any movie that dares to inject climate change into multiplex horror, which usually offers apolitical, blood-soaked escapism. That person's completely out of touch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could say that the good old summer movie offers the apolitical, blood-soaked escapism. So is that argument that the summer movie cannot be part of so-called prestige horror, which I know all of us have issues with that term, but it sounds like they're really delineating between what can be construed as something like worthwhile that's making an argument. So like your hereditary is... Can a summer horror film never do that? Oh, that of course they can. Well, you guys did yeah. your thing on summer horror movies, Psycho Beach Party. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's such a... <laughs> Makes me smile. Which I haven't seen. I mean, that, you that really sounds should. like a summer horror movie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because yes. it's beach. It's outside. It's fun. Because I, I think that that's what they're trying to evoke is everybody's vacationing, you know, at that time period. And it can be hectic. I mean, even just being alone with family whom you love is hectic and things can go wrong. I mean, when you're in a beach house for too long with with people. So 
But it almost sounds like the writer of that article is saying if you, if the movie that you're being given is not a serious movie, quote unquote, then it can't be making an actual argument towards something as serious. Yeah, that's ridiculous. As climate change, which I think is insane. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Because that would go against any of our, you know, horror comedy films. Because you can say meaningful and important things. And sometimes people can handle that blow a little bit better with some comedy or with some goofiness or gratuitous gore shots because it offers a respite sometimes from it. In this movie particularly, my empathy was so much with the alligators. There's especially that one Mm. scene where she's trying to get away and she stabs the alligator in the eye. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, how's that alligator going to function? Eyeless. Like, I felt sympathy for the alligator. And yet when the father (laughs) loses, what was that? Is it an arm or a leg? An arm, right? I'm not sure he he loses it. It, Pretty bad. It it was one of the most grotesque moments in the film when his arm got like wrenched backwards. I thought he had a gaping wound on his leg. Didn't well, he, tie, he, did he tied, have it, that he tied too. the belt around yeah. his leg. Right, but I thought he tied off the arm too. I could be wrong. Well, I think he did after his arm got essentially like massively broken. Because if nobody been. lost a limb, if that's what y'all are telling me, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think they did. And they did terrible tourniquets. I'm just saying. <laughs> they were not proper at all. They were not proper. <laughs> and the amount of time that they were on would have been kind of devastating for that limb and it wouldn't have been working so well. But that's the side note. <laughs> well, but I definitely just want to reiterate again my strong objection to the fact that this film said anything about climate change. <laughs> so it's about a hurricane, which yeah. could have been connected to climate change, but isn't. And in fact, it's like Piranha. You know, AHA did the remake of the Piranha 3D, which we all talked about a while ago. I didn't yes. put that together. Maybe which that's why, why the whole had movie seems a like... lot more hope for this movie but it was completely devoid of humor which i thought was so strange yeah Yeah. go ahead but well i was just gonna say because that film was apolitical too and like these (laughs) prehistoric piranhas just are accidentally released by some accidental geological underground earthquake I guess all earthquakes are underground. Um, (laughs) um, I'm not functioning well today. (laughs) But, you know, like nothing political about that. And you can say like there will be more earthquakes with fracking and I don't know, climate change maybe. But you have to really seriously work hard to read that in there. And same with hurricanes or a hurricane. A hurricane is a hurricane. It's not climate change in my view. Or maybe the hurricane's just a simple plot device to get us into the waters with the crocodiles. Maybe there is no underlying meaning. That's true. Except they needed a reason for them to be there. So can you think of an alligator film that you like? I know, Liz, you probably haven't watched too many. You were probably like, "Er, I'm just going to sit here and drink my water. (laughs) Lake Placid. Yeah. But only because of Betty White. Yeah, and it's it's campy. And that's what I was going to say. So do you think that shark or... You know, alligator or piranhas. Do you think that f- horror films involving those fare better when there's camp or humor or salaciousness? Because there are, of course, fantastic movies that don't have that. I mean, you have your Jawses and you have, yeah. you know, that can build amazing dread. Open Water. Yeah, Open Water is one of my favorite shark films. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible and, and fantastic. But it seems like the larger number of them, of these kind of films, tend to just have some kind of... That's a really good question. Bang or boom. For me, they work better, probably because in a lot of these films, the action is repetitive. There's the threat, outrun the threat, there's the threat, there's outrun the threat. And the humor kind of helps to break that up. 
mm-hmm. and still keep me engaged. And maybe that's the reason I had such a reaction to this film is that I just found it so tedious. And the only reason I think I stuck it out was to find out what would happen to the dog. <laughs> yeah. And, and because I knew we were going to be talking about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> then I wonder too, like, if there was a couple piranha, that's not overly scary. If there's, you know, an alligator or two, mm-hmm. not necessarily overly, because it's beautiful, it's nature, you know, I, I don't assume I'm the most important apex kind of animal yeah. on earth, you know. So I, I think that that as a plot line doesn't always pull me in enough. That's why I sometimes need something else when it comes to these animal I mean, my, my two favorite alligator, though I think they're both actually crocodile movies, mm-hmm. are Blackwater mm-hmm. and Rogue. And Rogue, yeah. Yeah, Rogue's good. Um, and in both of those films, the characters are much better developed. So, I mean, neither one is a horror comedy. They don't play on camp so mm-hmm. much, but they develop the characters so you actually care about them. Rogue is set in this beautiful sort of sacred national park in Australia, so the landscape really makes it, you know, adds to it. And and Blackwater, too, the landscape is good. And in both of them, especially Blackwater, like, I think it's just one alligator or one crocodile in Blackwater. And it's, like, more of a human dilemma. You know, like, characters stuck out um, in, in a mangrove grove with one alligator. I mean, Crawl was... It should have been camp because there was like the sea was sort of frothing with alligators at various mm-hmm. points. And, and yet it's not camp. We're supposed to take it seriously. Yeah, I think that this specific film would have done better if it went campy. Yeah. And that's also not to say that this isn't a well done film because no. there's some it really well beautiful done. shots. Yeah. So it's clearly a director who knows what he's doing yeah. and has a particular vision. I think you're right, though. The fact that the characters are not developed and the fact that it's utterly devoid of any humor and it's yeah. trying to make this big yeah. point about trauma, although I didn't find the trauma particularly what? No, believable. There's no point about trauma, is there? I thought there was. I thought the use of the flashback. You had to talk yeah. about trauma. <laughs> I think there, I, think, film where there I did is bring none. it up first. I did bring it up. There's and no all trauma. roads lead back to trauma. <laughs> Uh, but I actually did think that that's what the film was trying to give us a little bit of. And that's why you the saw tra- the, fla- the flashbacks the because of the breakdown of her relationship with her father and how traumatic <laughs> she found the dissolution of her family. And she wasn't even able to be in contact with him. I, there was no real How she felt reason. responsible for breaking up the family because he spent too much time on her. Oh, my goodness. A dad that spends too much time yeah. on it. Well, that's kid. what I'm saying. That's it was insane trauma. But I thought yeah. that that was what they were trying to get to when you have that, like, big flashback scene of her in the water and she's flashing back and then she's like no I can do it now and she's swimming and like her overcoming like her sense of guilt yeah and probably guilt is better than trauma actually like as a descriptor but so does that say something about her as the hero that she had to overcome some sense of weakness that she had been carrying with her to be able to co- go on and become this hero like why can't she just a weakness, be s- her weakness being that she comes in second in swim meets yeah I know okay. no but I, I guess this fact I'm that she's been harboring second this is I- just the first loser that's what Abby Lee Miller says and I believe her <laughs> <laughs> this feeling that she, oh, she's been harboring these hurt feelings about, you know, thinking that she destroyed the family and I don't know. It was so bizarre. She was pushed too hard. and that She's she... a little too old, in my view, to have those kinds of feelings. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. it was a 13, 14, 15, even 16-year-old, oh, I'd buy it a little bit more. Yeah. But she should have a little more sense. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But do you think that took away from her as a hero? I didn't think she was particularly heroic. I'm just saying hero in the sense that she was the one that was supposed to be, <laughs> we're supposed to be aligning no, with and right. rooting I don't for and swim. It was almost like how everybody tuned into Shark Week last year because they wanted to see Michael Phelps swim against a shark. Like, did you guys really, did you, guys, take a moment. Did you really think Michael Phelps was going to swim a shark? Like, I tuned in because I wanted to see Michael Phelps eaten, eaten by, by a shark. shark. <laughs> yes, I'll give you that. Like, no offense, Mike, but well, did he? No, it was just, they had. <laughs> it was such Sorry. a letdown. Although I will be tuning into Shark Week, which starts next week. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts soon, yeah. like maybe yesterday. No, I think <laughs> I, thought I don't even know 25th. what the date is. My watch died. <laughs> it's gone. I'm all beside myself. Again, back going back to another film that I didn't even think was that good, like The Shallows with Blake Lively. Mm. You know, she goes off and is alone on this Mexican beach because her mother's died. That seems... I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, coming in second in, in swim meets <laughs> and your father was too attentive and your parents got divorced when you were in college. <laughs> well, Christy Tidwell wrote a post for us, which I thought was really interesting dealing with the whole apex predator thing, which we haven't talked too much about. You know, there's there's the one scene where Haley has just, it's the key moment when she swims out, beats the, you know, beats the, like she gets out, the alligator doesn't get her. Um, and she says, you know, something about, yeah, yeah, like I'm the apex predator. But Christy was like, no, like that's not apex predator no. behavior. You're acting like prey. You know, yeah. you're surviving. The alligator's the predator. You're trying to evade it because you are its prey. So, what is going on with that? Like, can you say that Haley is an apex predator? No, no. I mean, that's a Never. theme throughout the film. Yeah, I agree. Like her dad says to her, "You're an apex predator." But Why is it in the film? I had one quotation written down, and it was these pea brain lizard shits. Mm-hmm. And just the fact That's that her father's dismissing the natural order of things yeah. and saying, oh, they're not really that much of a threat. I'm going to discount you. And also trying to elevate his daughter to this apex predator. Yeah. Pea brain lizard shits, which is so interesting to me because, again, talk about apex. Like these things have been around so yeah. much longer than us and mm-hmm. have not really had to evolve much. Like, that's unheard of. And for him to then, and then same thing, too. It's interesting, too, that we call the, the most important parts of our brain our reptile brain mm-hmm. because that's what keeps us alive. Yeah. It is hardwired for survival, survival. which is exactly what survival. These, yeah. these animals do. And they do know. it perfectly. Yeah. And Christy says that in her article. She's... And then debunks it. She She's like, well, maybe we are humans, apex predators because of our intelligence. But then she's like, but the film shows the humans as being just utterly stupid. So it's kind of hard to argue that we're, you know, at the top of the pyramid because of our intelligence. Which same um, thing, too, you kind of throw in there, like things like feelings can be not always an asset because yeah. she was hindered by these hurt feelings all this time and it was holding her back. So... Is our level of thinking or type of thinking any better? Though there is, I mean, just to give it one more turn, and this goes back to how many alligators we've killed versus how Mm -hmm. many humans alligators have killed. In some ways, we are the apex. I, I don't think Haley is an apex predator in the context of the film, but it does seem like humans are apex predators in our ability to just, you know, wage mass extinction on species. I don't think the film shows that, 
In fact, I think the, the the film is trying to mask that, right? Yeah. It's like, look how dangerous the alligators are, and we have to survive against them and the floodwaters, whereas we've actually really been quite effective at slaughtering sharks, things, <laughs> slaughtering alligators. And also, when I think of predator, I kind of think of those binaries, so predator and prey, right? So when I think of predator, I think about killing something to eat it, survive off of it, thrive off of it, because that's that circle of life. Yeah. And okay, yes, some people, you know, they make their alligator and jerky, but let's be honest. I think it was more widely. Alligator he, jerky? They yes. sell that at oh, Whole yeah. Foods. Yes. My cousin just got some. I think that Weird. people more likely were trying to make handbags and get off my lawn. Kind of, you know, they yeah. didn't want alligators on their lawn climbing their fences because that's a thing, Liz. I'm just saying, don't, don't. Well, I do not want an alligator on my lawn. I will be honest about this. Yeah, I'm not sure that I do either. They were here first. <laughs> it's, hey, you know. That was the tagline for the film, wasn't it? They were there for. Oh, was it? Here first. Yeah, I wrote that down somewhere. Good job. There you have it. Look at you. They were here first. They certainly were. But yeah, again, I I don't always associate. uh, I wouldn't call us apex predators because I think that we're just narcissistic. Mm. So, would you ultimately recommend people watch this or no? If it's a dark and stormy night and you're (laughs) sitting at home and you want to rent something, sure. Would I say you know go to the the box office? Not necessarily, but yeah, I'd watch it at home. On your fire stick. (laughs) (laughs) I found it very intense and kind of exciting and disturbing when I was in the film. Like I I said, I, I couldn't watch large parts of it. But thinking about it afterwards, I think it is not a good narrative about climate change. Not Mm. that every film has to be. God knows. I don't (laughs) care. But, you know, people are claiming that it is and it's not. So if you go look at it for that reason, don't. I don't think it's a good narrative. Like, it's not an interesting narrative. It's purely visceral scare for me. Mm -hmm. Like, really no narrative that's worth thinking about. Because you're right, you don't even get that sense, like, nature fights back. So it's interesting that you brought up that point about, you know, they were here first. Well, hell, if you're going to say that, then build on it. I didn't even know they said that. Yeah. There was nothing about that throughout the film that gave me the sense that we were trying to say, (laughs) hey, guess what? They were here first. (laughs) (laughs) You did say it, though, so something must have prompted you to say it. But, yeah, there was nothing to suggest that the alligators had a place in this world. In fact, it was all about how they'll never stay in their place. If you can kill a few, you'll probably be better off the next time a hurricane comes along. I will always be sympathetic towards the animal. Same. Because we are the invasive species. I'm not even sure. Is is it even an accurate portrayal? I mean, of alligator behavior? I mean, I read the usual something where people were like, alligators are scared of humans. You know, there's no way they would just be viciously attacking people in their crawl space. No. Yeah. I don't even think that they largely go after huge prey, especially alligators. I mean, again, if you're on the Nile and you have to live off of a wildebeest, okay, you're going to do what you got to do. But I mean, most animals are not going to try and go for the hardest kill that they can possibly go for that's probably going to hurt them in that fray. So it, they're grabbing rabbits. Because even the numbers were approved. You were saying how many humans were killed yeah. by alligators. 23 since and 1973. There's a lot of humans living near alligators. Yeah. yeah, so obviously my review is mixed. Maybe this was supposed to be symbolic of our captivity and breeding of 
alligators. And so that once I'm, I'm going for it. I'm trying to find some meeting in this horribly boring movie. And that was all I could come up with. That was a very elevated review, Liz. Hey, now. <laughs> no, I would say skip it and read a good book. That would be my suggestion. I, I didn't yeah. see much that I think people would be missing yeah. if they skipped this particular or skip it Film. and watch Black, Blackwater <laughs> or Rogue. Which, I would definitely definitely better. Rogue, especially. Yeah. I agree on that one. So anything else we need to say about the experience that was Crawl? Yeah, no. Go watch Shark Week, guys. Great. Okay, so <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Follow us on all things Horror Homeroom on the social medias, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.